we are a part of that collection of two white men <laughs> doing podcasts. We're two queer white men. Does that differentiate us at all? Or does I, it? I totally helps with the topic. We're talking, talking about, about musicals. Yeah, we're talking about musical theater. <laughs> I'm Peter. And I'm Nathan. And yes, musical theater has gospel. And dancing boys. And fancy hats. So join us for the Gospel of Musical Theater wherever you get your podcasts. I would print out naked photos of men on the library, in the library computer. We didn't have one computer at home. So I would print out naked photos of men. I would like stash them. And then I would take them home and look at them later. (laughs) And... Welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast, the podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you are gay? It is me, Eric Williams, and this week we have Yuli Morazan of Yuli and Ernesto fame. Not only is Yuli and his husband Ernesto friends of ours, but like internet celebs, huge following on TikTok, huge on Instagram, and for good reason, just hilarious good married gays who keep it R-E-A-L. Speaking of keeping it real, <laughs> you need to listen to his story about coming out via printed nudes at the public library. Just incredible. This week I was in St. Louis visiting my fam and I went to a dear friend from high school's wedding. And I have to say, hanging out with your friends from high school as a full-formed adult is so much better because we were we were all getting ready before the wedding in one of my friend's hotel rooms. And it was just, they were doing their makeup and I did not have to pretend like, I didn't have an opinion. Do you know what I mean? Like, when you're closeted, you have to be like, I mean, I don't actually care about that shadow, but it's tacky. This time, I was just unabashedly giving my opinion, telling them how gorgeous they looked, telling them to perk up the tits, and I never felt like I had to pretend that I was attracted to them. And they knew I never was anyways. I also got to work out my trauma with my nephews because someone said to my nephew, Henry, who was four, is that your girlfriend? I said, we're not going to assume he's straight. Period. Full stop. My dad was like, I was just trying to make conversation. But I love him. I do, I do. And speaking of love, let's get into this episode with Yuli Morazan from Yuli and Ernesto. Follow them at Yuli and Ernesto, and they've got some cute merch too, which you should definitely hit up. I put the link in the description. And speaking of, you can follow us at Gay Ass Podcast and drop that five star review if you're on Apple Podcasts. It really is a gift as we get into this holiday season. Love you so much. Stay dry, stay warm, and enjoy this episode. Yuli Morazan is on That's a Gay As podcast. Yuli, this is a long time in the making, and I am thrilled youarehere.com slash obsessed with you. Oh, I'm glad to be here. I'm gl- I was waiting for the call and uh, here I am. <laughs> Listen, the call was just going through a few. Um, we had I had to talk to your people. Right. Your people were they they drive a hard bargain. Let me just say exactly are really good. Now you can afford me to be on here. So that's great. Listen, I had to wait until all the advertisers were really officially signed on, which by the way, I never thought I would say this out loud, but I'm going to I have an idea for an advertiser for this podcast that will not respond to me and it does involve exploding water streams up your a-hole yes it's the bidet company i want them to advertise on gay ass podcast and they will not reply to my email that seems like a great audience what do i have to do you're the advertising king what do i have to do to get um a bidet company to be an above the title advertiser oh my god i mean i have just reached out to them and do you ever send whole picks for your advertisers? Yeah, it's usually how I get my advertisements. I have like before when I was single, I would have like a rotation of like boys in the mix, and now I have a rotation of advertisers in the mix. And I'm just kind of sure. like, you got to keep them excited, you know. The one consistent thing is in life is that you're always going to send whole picks. It just changes who you send them to. Correct. Before marriage, it's the menses. During marriage, it's the advertisements. Right. Ad- the advertisements. There's always someone wanting a whole pack. 
Taylor's oldest <laughs> Um, I have to say that, first of all, you right now are wearing a stunning piece of merch from the Yuli and Ernesto collection, <laughs> Current Husband, available wherever Current Husband sweatshirts are sold as he bounces the tots. However, I never publicly thanked you for not only purchasing gay ass podcast merch but then wearing it in one of your mega viral videos i bowed down thank oh, you for doing the lord's work absolutely i loved the sweater and i love that it says character actress and i almost wore it today but i felt like that would be too on the nose and it would get me no sales so i felt like <laughs> maybe it was an opportunity to wear my sweater instead listen get your current husband maybe i'll put it in the in the in the description for the episode and then we'll have competing we should do it a food network show called sweatshirt wars and then um we have to make the gayest yuli what is the gayest dish that you think you could make as far as food Mm -hmm. the gayest dish i think i could make oh my god what a complicated question (laughs) that i was not prepared for um, I wasn't even prepared to ask it to you. So while you're thinking, I'm going to tell you that um, I would make. I want it to be Jewish and gay, so I think oh, I'm going to okay. make. The I layers. think I'm going to make a. Yeah, I'm. Well, speaking of layers, I'm going to make a kugel, which is a gorgeous noodle dish, and inside the kugel, I'm going to put. Um, kugel sounds gay. I will say that. Kugel sounds like. <laughs> kugel sounds like something you would say during sex yeah like, mm, it's like it's a different it's a jewish slang word for a butthole <laughs> yeah exactly i'm just like take out the kugel put the kugel in me <laughs> <laughs> you like that kugel i don't even know what that is what is that thank you for asking it's a um it's a noodle dish that can go in either a savory or a sweet direction i oh. prefer the sweet you could put apple pieces you could put cinnamon you could put raisins and i and then it's like literally like the noodles are baked you mix all that stuff together you put it into a casserole dish and then you bake it in the oven and what the best part of it is is the burnt brown edges of the noodles on the top and then within it, it's like a sweet hot delicious it might sound honestly when matt i told matt about it and he first had it he leaned towards anti-semitic when he said how he didn't like it but um he i think he really likes it now i think he maybe he he does like a because a savory thing it's more like you could do like a call it's cheese if you can imagine but i would say maybe then i'll make kugel i'll make a gay kugel gay ass that's a gay well i was gonna say lasagna is it is it Mm. similar to lasagna or am i getting that completely wrong no i think i think you could equate a kugel to an italian kugel is a lasagna (laughs) do do you think do you think lasagna could be considered gay yeah yeah because it's messy it's messy it's layers you know it's like all over the place it's one after the other i'm saying i don't know why lasagna came to my mind one after the other it's like a blindfold door open and you just kind of gotta go for it and you just kind of got to go for it and then wipe your mouth. Um, I have to say, we've got to tell the kids how we know each other. Yuli, we've met through our dear friends, Christian and Corey, That's otherwise right. known as the Yoberts, which is, they're just such dear friends of mine. They live a five-minute walk. They've made my LA life so, so rich. And I met you through them. And I just want to give them a public shout out for being not only such good people, but also, let's say it together, they're super hot. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't not mention that. That number one, they're super hot. And when you're super number hot... two, they have a house. Right, right, right. And that's why I became friends with them. They were hot. Because of the hot, hot, hot homeowners. Hot homeowners. And I was like, where's the opportunity here? And I was like, there's <laughs> plenty of opportunity. Um, super sweet. I felt like because we knew them and they knew you, I kind of got introductions to you and Matt over instagram before you even moved Mm -hmm. to la so when you finally came to la it was very serendipitous to just see you in the flesh both of you and the flesh tasted good (laughs) um you are living a gosh darn dream you are not only so hilarious you and your husband i mean you and ernesto are just not only so gorgeous you're not only so funny but i think you also are so honest about being married in a way that is super importante like i think so many people think about like you get married and the rest is history and it's it's there's no more struggles but dare i say the struggles begin when you're with your current husband correct they begin they continue they multiply there isn't a day where i'm not struggling with my husband (laughs) which makes for so much great content 
And and that's and again, that is the most important is <laughs> advertisers <first>. and content. <laughs> Content first, healthy relationships second. Um, you did have an amazing video, I guess, a month ago that was talking about how not every day can be great with your husband. And this day you were really struggling because he sa- you said, what do you want for dinner? He said, what? Then you said, what do you want for dinner? He said, what? You said, what do you want for dinner? And then here's the kicker. He said, what i think that not hearing your partner is probably i don't i don't want to officially say a statistic but 70 percent of divorces are coming from what Uh, that's what i think you know what's really funny about that is that he thinks that i don't listen to him and so the amount of times that he doesn't listen to me is astronomical but then once he finally listens to me, because I get a little bit of an attitude, I didn't in that video, but after a while, you're like, what do you want for dinner? And then he snaps at me and he's like, what are you talking about? And so it's like, why? I asked you politely two times. And that's all. And then got. now you snap at me when you finally hear me. It's a lot. And I did. I mean, I honestly was like, I don't think we're going to make it. <laughs> this is any indication of the future. I don't think we're going to make it. But he has this narrative in his mind. That I don't listen to him. But can we can we agree that no one listens to anyone or everyone is doing their best? I think that is it. Yeah. Everyone is listening their best, but we're all different levels of bad at it. Yes. I feel like everyone is trying their best, but he also ignores me. Oh, <laughs> both can be true. Both can both, be true. Maybe. I feel like when I when I'm ignoring him, it's because I'm really bad at multitasking. So like if I'm on the computer, if like if I'm on a podcast, if I'm writing a book, like I can't like then hit, like take myself out of it and like listen to him. And like it's hard yeah. for me. I'm the same way. Do you are you I think I'm undiagnosed ADHD. Do you have a diagnosis? I don't have any diagnoses. But I do also think that I have an... That um, felt pointed. That felt like you were saying that I definitely have other diagnoses and you're bragging that you are have a clean record. Is that what you were doing? I have a clean record. That was what I was doing. And But I feel like if someone was like, you have ADHD, you have problems with focusing, you have problems that align with ADHD, I'd be like, makes sense to me. Well, I told my mom the other... I was you know visiting my family this past week. I was in St. Louis for a wedding. And I told my mom... In a very nice way, I was like, do you think you have ADHD? Because I think that I do, and maybe it's a familial thing, because mm-hmm. the girl, the amount of times I've heard her go to her Apple Watch to do the ping noise for her phone, because she can't find it. Bing, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. At, at a certain point, it became like a Pavlovian response, where I would just like shoot up because I heard it every other hour. But um, she just says it's being in her 60s, and she's just getting older. But I do mm-hmm. think that, I think that I forget where things are if i'm focusing on one thing matt will say we've had a whole conversation and i won't remember a second of it because i was definitely i don't know looking at is that so that's why you think you have it because you are is it forgetful is that it yeah there's like well honestly just like i will put my phone down to go do something really important and then i'll be like oh my god my phone is lost forever but i had set it down a calendar minute prior and so I, I I think that I'm I'm just so present that I can't sometimes like <laughs> remember. There are certain things that I get just I get a little obsessive and distracted by. I will say that, which I think is just a, a creative person, which is probably why you and I are aligned in that. Right. It's just you know you you're a little ba 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 ba. But is that something I should be medicated for? Time will tell. I mean, for me, it's more of a. They used to. My grandma used to say it. And I'm probably like butchering it now, but she was like, tienes pajolilla? Um, some version of that in Spanish, but it's like basically saying you can't sit still. Like you're always moving. You're always moving around. Like, can you just like sit still? And to this day, I have a very hard time sitting still, being still. And it comes like, for example, if I have like a day where I have like multiple things I need to do, I'll start every task, but I won't finish it because I'll like think of the next task before I'm done with one task and I'll go to that and I'll start that. And then I'll go to the next task that like, I'm like in the middle of like writing something, I'm like, oh my God, I need to do laundry. And I'm not even done. 
But I get up mm. and I'm like, I got to start the laundry now. And then like, I'm starting the laundry, but I was like, oh wait, I forgot to get groceries. And like the cycle continues. Yuli, I am not a doctor. You have ADHD. I think everything you just <laughs> described. <laughs> it sounds very ADHD, doesn't it? But it's also, but I, they people say that everyone has it, or it's, it, it's yeah. just like HPV. Throw a rock and you'll <laughs> hit someone that's teeming with this stuff. Yeah, but exactly. honestly, a, a, as long as we're not harming others. I think diagnosed or undiagnosed. Although there is a world shortage for Adderall. I just maybe we're doing our part by not having Adderall. Oh, really? There actually is. So we're sending all of our good wishes to the people who yes. don't have their meds. Yes. And I mean this really because listen, I, I'm a Lexapro girl myself for my anxiety. Oh, so yes, really? I, I do another I do thing have everyone has. A diagnosis. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you for for telling me that I'm not special by having aggressive anxiety how fucking dare you speaking of though i want to give a public shout out to my dog who did really well on the flight um flights i will say we had connecting flights to st louis and he i don't know if it's because we drugged him perfectly or he's just getting better but he sat on my lap like an angel and i want him to know that i do not take that for granted so thank you freddie he was allowed to sit on your lap i've always been very wary of traveling with my dog because i don't know if they need to go like up where their luggages are or under the sure 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 sure. well your dog is not a tiny dog how how many pounds is your baby he's a tiny dog i'm sorry i don't know what your standards are i just i just side shamed your fucking dog he is a petite 20 pounds oh wait 20 yes why was i picturing a girthy girl he has a lot of hair so if i don't mm. get him cut he looks much bigger but that body is snatched underneath all that for honey, i will tell you honey. that right now she is snatched we were about to get on the flight and this guy was screaming unfortunately he was gay and he was screaming <laughs> at the people behind the desk because his 39 pound dog would not fit in the carrier bag and the people behind the desk were like we cannot allow you on this plane he was like i have nowhere to go I have no. I have work tomorrow. So what do you want to do? Is a weight limit. I guess. I mean, maybe maybe Delta is or a crate maybe. limit. It's like got to fit in the crate. Yeah, something something like that. But he held the line. I'm not joking for a full 45 minutes of him screaming, and it really made us look bad. And I, oh, you know, whenever no. you see a gay person acting badly, you take it upon yourself like it's our fault. Yeah. No, I'd be I like, this not. is not a reflection of me. This is not a reflection of my community. I know. I wanted to like announce to the whole line. We are not all like that. <laughs> my dog is small. Um, I do. I feel like though, whenever I have uh, a good Judy on this podcast, I can just talk and talk and talk. But I need to ask you the famous podcast question, which is Yuli Morozan. Oh whose fault is it that you're gay? Who do we blame, babe? <sighs> you know, I thought about this a lot and there's a... Like, there's so many avenues you can take, but I'm going to blame Cindy Crawford workout videos. Wow. No one has talked about the mold legend herself, Cindy Crawford. Elaborate. So my mother was a huge, like, uh, workout at home to Cindy Crawford videos every day kind of girl. Mm. And Mm. I would be like, hey, I'll work out with you. You want me to like, just step into this with you? I know the routines. I know the chairs. I know the moves. And ever since then, I was like, yeah, this is the path I'm going to lead. And this is the path I'm going to go down. And she made me gay. I mean, I actually think this is a gorgeous answer because there's something about our mother's relationship to their weight loss that does translate to a gay son. My mom would take me to the Jewish community center where she would work out. And while I would watch her do her little machines, I would then go to the locker room and try not to look at the old ball sacks and the <laughs> communal shower, mind you, sure, and then sure, sure. wonder wonder why I was having certain thoughts. But Cindy Crawford videos is yes. gay as hell because she is. I mean, she is a fashion icon. But were the workouts? Did we enjoy them? I mean, was she giving I, choreo? Do you what do you remember? You know, I had a great time. I don't know if I was thinking at the time like weight loss or like fitness. Really, it was very sexy. It was very like, obviously she was a model. She was very popular. Like it was a lot of like hold the chair and then like throw back the leg, which I think is technically a workout, but it was all very like, (sighs) it was in black and white and it was very sexy. And I was like, there was just like a femininity 
there was like a feminine energy yeah. to the workout and I was like emulating it. And as I was emulating it, I was like, this is me. This is me. Did your mom enjoy you doing the work? Was it a bonding moment for you or was she? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh. My mom was very young when she had us. So she had me when I was like, she was 21 years old when she had me. She had me older brother when she was 20. And like, so basically in her 20s, your mom, was hot. your mom is hot. Yeah. In her 20s and early 30s, she had four kids. And like, you know, like that's the way she had to like work out and live her life. So I felt like it led me down a path of having like very good female friends all my life. Cause it, like my mom was like my first female, like, girlfriend yeah. if you will and then her friends became a part of your 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 circle yeah yeah well she didn't have any friends which i think was why <laughs> was did she like, not no i think she was too busy. you were so you were her friend i was her gay best friend yeah i think she was too busy raising kids and surviving you know i do not know how anyone has children full stop like let's just say that but then thinking about our parents generation of being so young it's a little devastating to me that at 33 years old if i was your mother at this point i would have a 13 year old oh no 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 like i would be planning your bar mitzvah no thank you it would be and it's like four of them my mom had four Four it's four boys and i'd be like Wait a minute. Do we know this that we both have? I'm one of four boys as well. Oh, I did not know that. And if Look I did know that, I forgot. <laughs> um, it's okay. Look at this. This is a, this is a beautiful thing. Where do you fall? Wow. This is very like if you're one of four. I'm always like, yeah. where do you fall? Because it means- I'm in the middle of course. Okay. And I am. I have a twin brother, so we are. I'm the older twin, so I have an older brother, a twin brother. I'm 12 minutes born before him. Thank you for asking. And then I have a younger brother. You, the way your face made me made it seem that you are. Well, you said you have an older. Wait, are you the middle too? I'm the middle. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm. So we are both middle children. Yes, yes, yes. I'm technically. I'm. I mean, I am number two. You're technically number two as well. I am. Wow. This is crazy. And wait, and also, you were, I, I know this about you. You were born in what, October of 89? Yes. Wow. Someone did their research. <laughs> I was born in September of 89. Oh, wow. Okay. So interesting. So, middle children, one of four boys. Um, so, then this question has come up because when I was visiting my family, I, I was just talking about this in therapy. I like, it is so nice to me. To be able to see my nephews and like, and like, you know, it's the trope that people always say. It's so nice to play with them, enjoy them, and then throw them back to their parents and go on about your merry way. Right. But it's my big concern about I don't live close to my family, you know, and so I, I'm really concerned about not having a relationship with them. And so it was, this was such a nice trip because I actually got to feel like they are at an age where they like can like see particles in the world and <laughs> see that I'm an actual functioning human. And um, there was a moment where my nephew was dancing to Turning Red, which is a movie mm-hmm. that I've never seen, but he loves the music. And he was dancing. He's four years old. He pulled his pants down to dance in his underwear. Sure. And he said, Uncle Eric, you do the same thing. Granted, my 94-year-old grandfather is also watching this. And I was like, I have one of two choices. <laughs> do I get my nephew to like me and expose myself to my family? Or do I have decorum and prove to my family that gay people aren't disgusting partiers that are naked all the time? And, right. of course, I chose to make my nephew like me. And down wow. the shorts went. Mm-hmm. Really? I watched my sister-in-law, his mom, just, like, laugh in a slightly horrified face. I think she actually loved it. But it really... I don't, I mean, I don't, it's, I guess it's kind of curing, it's curing my traumas of not being, being able to express myself as a closeted kid. Sure, like, you know sure, what? I'm sure. I'm going to show him that if you're going to fly your freak flag, as will I. And all this to say, love having nephews, but having kids is still a big question. That I know that you and Ernesto talked about it in one of your videos. So what, where do you stand with it right now? Yes, yes, yes. So Ernesto is like, no, would rather not have kids. Um, and I knew this, like going in, like, you know, we've talked heavily about this, like all throughout our relationship. So it's not no surprises, but he's definitely like leans towards no, but if his partner wants kids, he would be like willing and accepting and like would never take that away from his partner is what he says. Gotcha. And can you tell me how long you've been together? It'll be seven years in December. Oh, stunning. Okay. Okay. I'm here. A nice seven, the seven year itch coming up, as I say, if you will. (laughs) And I lean more towards yes. 
However, it has never been like a dying wish of mine to like have kids, you know, like I've never been very much like I need a family. I need to have children. Like that's been my biggest wish. Like I've never been that way, but I, I definitely lean more towards yes than no. You know, what's really funny about that video though, is that so many people, like there's a lot of opinions about it basically being like, you have time, you should wait. If it's not like an absolute yes, then it's a no, all these things. Hmm. I thought it was really interesting that so many people said that if it's not an absolute yes, then you shouldn't have kids. Hmm. And for me, I'm like, okay, but how many straight couples are like absolutely like 100% yes before they have children? Very good point. I do think that is, it it, it definitely is a double standard for so many reasons for queer couples. One, just people feel opinionated, period. Right. You know, people want to say their opinions. But two, for queer couples, I think that you have to be so much more intentional. And so you like, maybe that's why they're saying that. But it is a, a double standard because there are so many straight couples that maybe get pregnant when they were not trying and yeah. then it wasn't an absolute yes for them. And here we are with however many kids they've had. So I think that it's such a valid and really deep discussion because Matt and I both want kids. Like you've been like, yes, like we want to have a family. From the jump, because I yeah. think that we, I actually don't even know if I can articulate why. I think it's like there, we, I mean, we really love kids. I mean, we, I've always, when I see a baby, I definitely made that joke that I've stopped making because it's not as funny as it was 15 years ago. But like, oh, my ovaries are quaking. But like, I used to say that all the time because I just like, I really have a visceral feeling when I see my friend or my siblings with their babies. And I really just, I love that feeling of being maternal. I really yeah. feel like that mom stuff. But being a gay person, it's like, it's so much more complicated because of the financial aspects of it, because of the social and societal aspects of it. And it really freaks me out just like knowing that if and when we have kids, it's it's such a big deal to even make it happen, whether we do it via surrogacy, whether we do it via adoption. We talked about for years, we would love to do it via surrogacy. But the, the older we get, I'm like, what if, you know, we even though it's very expensive, too, and not easy at all, but you know, adoption would also be incredible. Mm-hmm. And I just and then I was talking to friends who <laughs> I'm gonna sound like such a noob, because I know people have heard this, but it's like there's a saying when someone is dual income, and no kids. Dink. It's called dink. dink. Dual income, no kids. And it's basically like you and your partner are both working. You don't have kids. You can travel the world. You can boo, 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 mm-hmm. go to your crazy parties, whatever it is, or just like go to Spain because you can. And a part of me is like, I, I live this one life and I do really want kids. And also, I love the idea of being a dink, a daddy dink. Yeah, 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 yeah. It sounds yeah, yeah. really kind of badass to me. So like, yeah. It, it's it's just a really layered topic that uh, we are very entrenched in those big questions of like how do you afford it how when do you do it mm-hmm. so i i just want to validate that I, it really is a a layered discussion i mean people kept saying to me in the comments like you're so young like you don't have to decide now but i'm 33 i'm like when if not soon you know would be the time and they're like you're still young you got a couple of years and i'm like okay so now i need to decide by 35 30, like when is the time limit because well think about andy cohen and anderson Cooper. Well, yeah. i mean they are you know but also they have uh, endless money and so it's different but it's i also do not want to be having my first child at 50 my dad but just I also... had a son another son with his now new wife so he is 53 wow well there i mean there you go no, i mean what, what what is what is that how do you feel about that oh it was hard at first <laughs> it was hard at first. I'm sure. I mean, I love, like, I love my little brother's name is Michael and he just turned one years old and it's great. Um, I also think about my dad though, and thinking about how he's, I'm like, how is he doing? You know, like, how's it going to be to raise a child in your fifties and sixties and seven, you know, like, I don't know. Is it weird? Is it surreal to see your brother be a one year old? At first it was weird because like my parents both had a very tumultuous like relationship. Again, they had four kids Mm -hmm. when they were like 19 years old. And so like a lot of growing up and a lot of things that led to like not the best decision-making I'll say. 
And so when I see my dad and his new wife have this one-year-old in the beginning, me and all my brothers were like, all had very different reactions, but all of them like very conflicted reactions. Me personally, I can't speak for my brothers, but me personally, I was like, oh, this new baby, this one-year-old is going to have the father that I never got to have that I always kind of wanted because mm-hmm. I, he's now much more mature and in a life, mm-hmm. he has now been lived a life where he is more comfortable and is able to give more things to this one baby. And he's probably more in touch with his emotions. Right. right? More like has grown up more in touch with his emotions, has made all his mistakes, you know, and like yeah. I now can devote like time, energy and money to this one my baby brother. And I'm like, Oh wow. Well, yes. I wish I had that kind of father, you know, like that isn't very, that fair. is so interesting. Yeah. That's a very, but and again, that's a really understandable response. I think because many queer people and especially gay guys, I think can have a fraught relationship with their dads. I've said this before. What heals me when I see my brothers with their kids is they might have been jerks growing up or whatever they were. Cause they were just fucking, you know, punk boys Mm -hmm. but they've grown up to be really loving dads and like it when i hold my twin brother's baby and he cries and i see my brother's face crying and i'm holding him it is the craziest experience because i'm like okay i feel like i'm taking care of him but he is also like this baby version of my brother is like looking at me in a way that validates our love for each other and it feels like an otherworldly experience this being said it's so normal for dads especially when we were kids to be told that if they're anything other than tough then they're you know not a real man whatever the fuck it is you know ironically i never had my dad put anything on that on me Mm -hmm. i actually have a very great relationship with my dad when it comes to my sexuality like have never like I came out to my parents when I was like in middle school I think I was like 11 years old at the time um and 11 yeah I think it was like 11 12 puberty time my brother ended up so growing up we would go to the library and Mm -hmm. as I was discovering my sexual awakening I would print out naked photos of men on the library in the library computer we didn't have one a computer at home So I would print out naked photos of men and then I would fold them up. I would like stash them and then I would take them home and look at them later. (laughs) And (laughs) I would, I would keep them in my boom box into like the CD part of my boom box. And I would, that's where I would hide them. My brother one day is like, Hey, my boom box isn't working. Can I borrow yours to take a shower and listen to music? And I was like, sure, go ahead, go borrow it. Then I realized that that's where my stash is. I run into the bathroom. My brother's looking at the, like unfolding all the papers. And he's like, what <gasps> is this? And I was like, oh my God, Frankie, don't say anything. Like, I don't know what it is. I just like, forget yourself. I can explain. I'm in an anatomy <laughs> class in fourth grade like, and we're learning about erections. Right. I was like, it was like photo after photo after photo. And I was like, I don't know. Like, don't worry about it. Like, don't say anything. I'm figuring it out. Mortified. And I was like, don't tell anyone. Well. I felt like since my brother knew it was only a matter of time that my parents were going to know. And I was like, let me get ahead of the narrative. Let me get in front of the story before it breaks in the media and tell my parents (laughs) before my brother tells them, you know, like how much I was just playing out every scenario in my head. And I was like, it's going to be worse if they find it from my brother than if they find out from me. You poor thing, the weight of the world on your shoulders as like an 11 or 12 year old that you had printed nudies from the public library. Do you remember the source of the images? Where where were you finding these? What books? Uh, No, it was on the computers. Oh, I see. You were on the internet at the internet because we didn't have a computer at home. So we would go to the library and we would go on the computer. So you would just go onto the World Wide Web. You would find the pictures. You would printed at the library printer fold them put them in your stash then boombox is teeming with nudes (laughs) and then your poor brother goes to put go in the shower put his um little l'oreal shampoo in his hair but before he can even enjoy (laughs) that he is just reading through (laughs) folded papers and so then i came out to my mom and dad after like shortly after that i came out to my mom and dad and they were both 
very loving and accepting. And they didn't, they didn't say anything past that. They were just like, okay, we love you. Like you're our son. And that, that was it. I think it helped because my mom, all my life, I've like never had any, any like gay is bad or femininity is bad or men should act this way. And I think part of that dealt with my mom being a little bit more quote unquote masculine and my dad being more quote unquote feminine. And so, and I think like, because they dealt with society's like standards about like what they should be like, I think for when we were growing up, me wanting to play with Barbies, me wanting to be more feminine, me wanting to like do the Cindy Crawford workout video and strut my stuff. I think my parents were like, we're not putting any judgment on him. He can just like what he likes and not like what he doesn't like. And it doesn't mean anything. Can we give snaps to your parents? That is such, I love that so much. And the fact that you were so mortified to be hiding your truth and the way that it came out was so embarrassing for you. And then for them to be like, you're good girl. We love you is such a happy ending that it makes me feel so good. It's a lot of kudos to, my parents for being the way they were when I was, there was like uh, one time when I like went to Toys R Us and they were like, my mom took us and we each out, we're each allowed to pick one toy at Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my brothers like went and picked their toy. And then I wanted the Mulan Barbie. Cause I was like obsessed with the movie at the time, saw the Mulan Barbie. I was like, I want her in my house. And I picked it up and that was my one toy. And when we went up to the register, there was two like a little bit older girls at the register. I got embarrassed. And I was like, mom, can you hold my the Barbie for me until we pay? Like, I don't want to like hold it. Can you hold it for me? And then she turned around and she was like, if you want the Barbie, you're going to hold the Barbie. There's nothing wrong with you wanting the Barbie. Just hold it. And I was like, again, I'm not understanding like the life, a sin that was taught in that moment. I was just mortified and worried that these girls were going to pick on me. And then the girls turned around and they said, oh my God, we love that you're getting the Mulan Barbie. And then from then on, I was like, oh, I have nothing to worry about. <laughs> Do you understand how incredible these experiences yeah. are? There are, I mean, I don't think I would have had the strength to even grab the Barbie doll. And then I don't know if that would have been told to me. I have had very honest conversations with my parents about all of these things, even this past week. And I think that what your mom did there is unbelievable. And can we just also shout out those girls for also giving you some kudos and some confidence there too. Because let me tell you something. My mom has told me that our pediatrician for all of my all four of us was this old guy i remember him always being very nice um older jewish guy was our doctor and i think i was being made fun of for being gay and my mom wanting to talk to like a you know an expert in some sort of something with kids said said to the doctor and of course she told me this years and years and years later when i was a kid she asked the doctor you know do you think he's gay? I mean, he's he's young oh, and he's being made wow. fun of. Boo boo boo. And this doctor said, "I'm I think I was probably your that age, eleven, whatever I was, maybe even younger." And the doctor said, "There is no way that he or anyone could know that at this age. There is zero chance that he is gay because of boo boo boo," which was obviously incredibly wrong. And my mom said to me for the first time this past week, she knew I was gay when I was three. Right. But I think you know, being in st louis and it would that would be like the late 90s early to like you know 2002 like while that's not crazy long ago it's long enough ago that i don't think in that part of the world you necessarily wanted your kid to be gay and i definitely felt that i felt that and so the your story is healing me in a way and i think it's so it's so nice. well that just reminded me of an experience that i had with a doctor, a pediatrician. I forget how old I was. I don't remember if this was before I came out or after I came out. I forget when it was, but we like back in the day when you went to go see the doctor, there was a question that said, are you attracted to the same sex? Or like, have you been having feelings about guys, girls, or both? Something like that. And it was like in the like questionnaire that I had to fill out when I was younger And I said that I was attracted to, 
eyes on that questionnaire. And I don't think my mom saw the questionnaire before I submitted it, but the doctor asked her to step out of the room to talk to me privately and was like, Hey, I see here. You marked that you're attracted to guys. Like, did you do that on purpose? And I was like, yeah. And then he was like, <laughs> he was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, I marked yes. You're like, look at him. Have you seen the beard? Yeah. And so then he was like, why do you think that is? And I was like, I don't know. And then he was like, do you want to talk to someone? Maybe you should like go into like some kind of therapy and all these things. And I was like, oh, okay. If you think like, I never had any judgments about it at all. Like I was just kind of like, was this before you came out? It must have been because afterwards I suggested to my mom that about maybe talking to someone and seeing like a therapist. And then she wanted to know why and like why that I all of a sudden think that like I had a problem or like wanted to talk to a therapist. And I didn't tell her why in the moment, but I remember her getting so upset and being like, what's going on? Like, is there something you're not telling me? And then just being like, I don't know. The doctor kind of suggested it. Like, I just like was so naive about everything and just kind of like, I was like, oh, that's what you think I should do. (laughs) Well, you wanted to be a good patient for the doctor, but then of course, probably watching your mom be like, why do you need therapy? Kids really have to carry a lot. I think like kids have to carry a lot. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns, but a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. We are a part of that collection of two white men doing podcasts. We're two queer white men. Does that differentiate us at all? Does it? It totally helps with the topic. We're talking talking about about musicals. Yeah, we're talking about musical theater. (laughs) I'm Peter. And I'm Nathan. And yes, musical theater has gospel. And dancing boys. And fancy hats. So join us for the gospel of musical theater wherever you get your podcasts. But I do need to ask you, as we truck along to the next podcast question, Yuli, if the world was ending and you could only save one character actress, who would you save? This was pretty easy for me to think about. And then she just like popped up and I was like, I can't get her out of my mind. But I think Amy Adams. Is she considered a character actress? A hundred percent. And you know what? It's very topical about Amy is that she, I mean, first of all, is she does she have the look of a more ingenue sure but she i feel like so very sad to say that remember the um i don't know if you read that the woman who had the blog about julia Uh, child she passed away recently which is so so sad but amy adams played her in julia julia and the way they dressed amy adams in that movie that's a character (laughs) actress that black bob come on i mean is character actress like an energy because she gives off character actress to me she does and also because she let us let us give props to do you know that her first movie role was in one of my favorite movies of all time drop dead gorgeous she oh, played really? that she played a slutty cheerleader that just like here's one of the best quotes in that movie she goes it's you know it's like a mockumentary style they're interviewing all these people and it just starts on her saying yeah it's been about three months i still haven't told my boyfriend how did you know <laughs> oh oh nervous about the competition. Oh, yeah. So, like, she's just, like, always, like, she's just, like, naively slutty, hilarious. Just, like, she was, I think, plucked out of, like, dinner theater in Minnesota. Really? And then became this movie star. Yeah. So, she, and then she's just played so many types of different roles. I mean, come on. That movie is so camp where it's, like, 
her with the alien blobs and she's like writing on the piece of paper to communicate with them it's called arrival like i just feel like she's done into the woods she's done tangled yes. i think we can say character actress. i think her introduction to me was actually um oh my god what is that like cw show or the wb at the time but like that show about superman it was like superville superville Super. Oh, oh, Smallville. Smallville, and she had like a guest star in one episode where she played a bigger girl that always wanted to be skinny, and she ends up drinking like this green juice, but it has like some like weird shit in it, and she ends up being skinny and hot, but then she ends up having like such a big appetite that she ends up eating people too, and I was like, this girl's coming. I was like, okay, can we, I don't want to unpack, I don't want to unpack all of those plot points, but (laughs) I did look it up and her character was Jodie Melville. And you're right. She became a meta human with the ability to absorb fat. If that isn't a WB plot point, if I've ever heard one, she became skinny and then she was so skinny. She was hot. But like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, a lot to unpack. (laughs) There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot of controversy with, um, Brendan Fraser is wearing a fat suit in The Whale. Yes. A movie coming out, yes. which I I don't know. I don't I I mean I uh, very much understand the backlash he's getting and then of course people are like it's his best performance yet. But if I may sound like a monster for a second, I saw the original play off Broadway about a decade ago and oh. I felt the exact same way. I was like, okay, incredible performance, incredible play is really fucked up that it was written <laughs> so oh, really? and like the way and the way i mean like again the actor play, wore fat suit on stage and like i partly walked out and i of course remember very little of the plot but i walked out being like what was the playwright's connection to this material and what and that that is a whole conversation i'm just i'm what i'm curious to know i don't know anything about it except brendan fraser's in the movie yeah. And that he's wearing a fat suit and people are having problems with it. But I don't know the yeah. story at all. Well, it's, it's also, I think he, I th- he's gay I, you know, too, I'm right? The s- character's gay. Right. That's yes. But like, I'm also like, I don't remember what was like a giveaway or not. So I, okay, we'll just I, keep it there. But it's also, it's also a 24, which like has, you know, chef's kiss taste. Um, So we'll just, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see, I think on that one. Do you have any problems with it? Like the fat suit and any of that? Like, do you have any opinions about like actors doing things like that? Oh God, it's such a good question because controversial. It is controversial <laughs> yeah. because listen, listen up. There are so many things right now about like non-Jewish people playing Jewish roles. Yes, I actually yes. gay people playing gay roles. Yes. There are bigger actors. There are fat actors who I'm sure are like, what the fuck is going on here? But I like let's talk. You know, Rachel Brosnahan playing Midge Maisel and Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She is not Jewish. It's a very yeah. Jewish role. It's like yeah, and I yeah. definitely have friends who are pissed about it. Does she do an amazing job acting the role? She does. I just I feel like I need as a podcast host, I need to have more of a, a opinion and be like, um, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this about the whale. I don't like that brendan fraser this is his return to award-winning i think he's an amazing actor that did not need to play a role that uh, forced him to put on a fat suit that is going to take away from his performance i think they could have found an actor that had a more lived experience as a bigger person Mm -hmm. and i think brendan fraser should play a role that is him playing an incredible role in an incredible piece that is not distracted by the noise around this controversy yeah I mean, I'm sure he gives a great performance. And I sometimes get this question too with like friends and especially about like straight people playing gay roles and stuff like that. And I have just come to the answer that whatever helps the marginalized group mm-hmm. should be the answer. You yes. know, like I I understand like why Harry Styles is playing a gay police officer. I understand like the business aspect of a named yes. person playing a role and how and like there's a lot of like arguments about like acting is just acting cast the best person but those are coming from people that probably don't understand the acting industry because acting in LA is not just acting there's so many factors that go into picking a person a lot of it has to do with money and clout Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that being said I still think that the person like if you are giving a role or choosing to cast people that are in a marginalized group look for those people in a marginalized group to play that role. 
could not have said it better myself. Because then you start building up people's clout. You know, like that's why we don't, we have a movie where it was like Stanley Tucci and Colin Firth playing like these two older gay men. And yes, that is going to bring in numbers because people like these actors and they want to see them. And back in the day, I can understand how it was different, but now we're at a time where we need to start lifting these people up. So we cast the gay actor to play the gay role. So by the, so that that person gets a name and then can be the name and the clout that brings in the numbers. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. So well said. I do want to say unrelated. Sure. (laughs) If I have to watch Stanley Tucci in a gay sex scene, I will do that. But I think the bigger picture is that we should have, actors that look like Stanley Tucci who are out who did not have to hide their true selves from the industry because the world is changing cheers to that do you want to see Stanley Tucci get fucked yes cheers (laughs) cheers I would not not watch that (laughs) oh god and that's part of the problem (laughs) <laughs> and we are part of the problem. <laughs> Bling. Um, listen, we have to end this gorgeous episode, oh but God. I have to, I know, can you believe so it? I have to ask you a question that I did not prep you on, which is, oh, wow. what is the best Whoopi Goldberg film? This is, ugh, no one dragged me for this, but there is an animated movie that she's in that it's like the three books and she plays one of the, the books. Page Master. The Page Master. And I know you don't see I know it's like not a very Whoopi Goldberg answer, but she is Stop like. Stop it. Stop qualifying it. Okay. Look at me. Look at me in the <laughs> eyes. That movie is award winning. It is. Whoopi Goldberg is camping it. Exactly. She's a horny book. What? Okay. That is such a good answer. I loved that movie and I loved it. I think based on her performance. Like, I think. Of I, course you did. I watched it because of her performance in that movie. I am not joking. I want to have a watch party. I think I've talked about this before. I want to have a watch party of the Page Master. Everybody dresses up as their favorite slutty book, slutty novel. (laughs) And then we just luxury over the dulcet tones of Whoopi Goldberg's book acting. Backting, bitch. She's so good. I love Uh, it. What a great answer. I'm so, so happy you came on this podcast. And I I just am such a fan of you and Ernesto. And um, can you tell everyone where they can follow you? Yes, you can follow me on TikTok and on Instagram at Yuli and Ernesto. One word. One word, two icons. Um, <laughs> what a star you are. I will see you hopefully at our holiday party soon. Absolutely. I will see you in the streets of La La and uh, you're a dream. Thanks so much for listening. I got a lot of amazing messages this week about the podcast and they never cease to make my day. So keep them coming. And if you have not put it into a five-star review yet, now is your chance. If you're on Apple Podcasts, write a cute little note, five stars, and I will be eternally grateful. Amazing guests coming next week. Follow at Gay Ass Podcast, and we'll see you soon. We are a part of that collection of two white men <laughs> doing podcasts. We're two queer white men. Does that differentiate us at all? We're talking about, about musicals. Yeah, we're talking about musical theater. <laughs> I'm Peter. And I'm Nathan. And yes, musical theater has gospel. And dancing boys. And fancy hats. So join us for the gospel of musical theater wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm.